Hi everybody and welcome to another week on The Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite podcast about teacher vampire slayers unknowingly killing others and somehow themselves. Uh, my name is Beth. I am joined as always by my esteemed co-host Claire and we are happy to bring you season three episode 12 break on through. Oh my goodness. What an episode. What an episode. So many hijinks. There are a lot of hijinks, and per usual, it's hard to keep them all straight and understand like what the characters are doing and why. Um, but hey, that's what we've grown accustomed to watching this lovely television show. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get next. Like, Forrest Gump probably said something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Life is like, you never know what you're going to get next. <laughs> Life is like <laughs> being in an MRI tube and looking at yourself in the mirror and turning evil. That was so fucking weird. Like, it was poorly done because I also couldn't tell. Okay, so Alaric is at the hospital getting an MRI because Meredith wants to make sure that he doesn't have what a tumor and some sort of physiological issue that's making him kill others and also stab himself in the stomach. Yes. Yes, so he's in the MRI tube, and there's a mirror in there, which I, I've yes, had an MRI mark. before, but I don't remember the mirror part. I meant to Google that before to see if that was accurate. Seems um, like a weird choice. It does. It does. And he's, like, staring at himself in the mirror, and he, like, looks weird. Like, I don't know if it's just because we don't usually get, like, full face yeah. zoom Alaric, but... He's staring at the mirror, the mirror staring back at him, and then he, like, makes a scared face, but the mirror is, like, making a sexy face. I don't know. It was very, it was very bizarre. Yes. And he starts, like, screaming for a second, and Meredith's like, you okay, babe? And then he's like, yeah, I'm fine. So I'm like, okay, so Al evil Alaric has taken over, but then he's not evil Alaric later. So I did not understand what was going on. Yeah, he, like, pops in and out of the evil Alaric persona, it seems like. It was almost like his evil self, like, quelled his scared self. It's like... Or calmed it. His evil self was just, like, giving a preview, a teaser, and he, like, winked at Alaric and then left him alone. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But also ridiculous is the conversation that Meredith and Elena are having in the, like, control <laughs> booth where... <laughs> Elena's like, why do you want to help Alaric? And she says, because I'm a doctor. I don't <laughs> oh like my see God. seeing people like being hurt by things they can't control. I'm like, do you know what being a doctor is, Meredith? Being a doctor is not allowing a serial killer to run rampant because you have a crush on him and because it's not his fault that he's a serial killer. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh my gosh, I'm so happy you brought that up because I was I had this same reaction to her like saying that line. I'm like I'm like, Meredith, also like you just go around like randomly like stabbing people and stealing their blood. Like that is not in line with your opinion of like just wanting to like help and protect people. <laughs> and you're right, that isn't what doctors do. Like no. you want to be a philanthropist or something, girl, not a doctor. <laughs> like Damon. <laughs> Also, like, doctors don't do their own MRIs. Yeah, like, what is Meredith's, like, 
doctor specialty is she a surgeon that she talks about being in surgery is she like a cardiologist is she a trauma like emergency room person is she an mri tech she does it all uh yeah i guess we forgot that in mystic falls there's only like one of each profession so true she's got to cover all the medical bases I feel like she just watched a lot of YouTube tutorials and applied at the hospital and they were like, we don't even care if you went to medical school, just get here. (laughs) It's like a catch me if you can scenario with Meredith up in the hospital there. Exactly. (laughs) Meredith DiCaprio. (laughs) Uh. So yes, Meredith continues to be a real head scratcher of a character. (laughs) And she explains to Elena that she started to suspect... Alaric of being a serial killer when she found out about his ring because the Fells were all like gossip girls of their day and she knew all about Samantha Gilbert who we met last week in the flashbacks and thought it seemed like the same thing. How do these people remember this shit? Like did everybody read all of these diaries like or was it with like an oral tradition in the Fell family like okay granddaughter Meredith Here's the hot goss from 1912. <laughs> yeah, right. There was this woman, Samantha Gilbert, who was a serial killer, and she wore a ring and went crazy. Pass it on. Tell, <laughs> yeah. Please continue this tradition and tell your granddaughter when she is eight. You must forward this email or else something terrible is going to happen to you. Oh my god, there is a chain letter that goes around the Fell family with all the founders, like, dirty secrets. I love this. Uh, Yes, and it's, like, all in different fonts from, like, various internet eras now. Mm -hmm. And then there's, like, a trunk somewhere full of all the, like, handwritten ones from the olden times, like the Pony (laughs) Express version. Yes, I love it. Yeah, this is, like, a short film that I want to watch. Yes. I want a whole spinoff about the Fells, and it's, like, much more of a soap opera. It's, like, Dynasty or something. Yes, definitely. So, anyway, MRI happens, and it, it shows nothing wrong with him, as we probably could yeah. have predicted. Right, and Alaric is, like, being super weird here and doubling down, so, like... Lena's like, oh, like, good to see there's nothing wrong. And he's like, yeah, like, no shit, there's nothing wrong. I didn't kill anyone. I didn't stab myself. I'm not insane. And we're like, "Um, Alaric, yes, all of these things happened. I don't know why you're being so cagey about it. Yeah. And then he's also immediately like, or maybe I am just like crazy banana crackers. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's (laughs) you're right. He does. He's like, he flip flops there quick. And he takes off the ring and gives it to Elena and is like, I'm done with this, which seems like a good choice. One one good choice in a sea of bad decisions. I was just waiting for someone to like swoop in and kill him at that moment. (laughs) Like right when he takes it off. Oh my God, that would have been hilarious. (laughs) But then Elena's like, listen, we need to call Bonnie um, because a Bennett witch is the one who originally created this ring. So maybe she'll be able to help us figure out like what's going on and help you. Maybe Emily Bennett made it make people go crazy on purpose as her revenge on Jonathan Gilbert for taking credit for all of her inventions. That would be a good curse to put down. That's Definitely. the long con. Yes. Good job, Emily. Take that Jonathan Gilbert. <laughs> So Elena is still mad at Damon about his shenanigans last week with uh, 
Stefan and Rebecca in their like blood party. Yes. And Damon is just like so on his bullshit. He he gets up in her face and is like, "Listen, Elena, Stefan is a vampire. He drinks human blood. His plan of like depriving himself never works. He keeps falling off the wagon." I'm like, "He keeps falling off the wagon because he keeps force feeding him blood." <laughs> Like, yeah, he literally says, like, I forced Stefan to feed on that woman last week. Yeah. Or yesterday or whatever it was. But he's yeah. on this whole thing. He needs to learn moderation. I'm like, that's not how addiction works. Yeah. But okay. It's just such a weird hill for Damon, I feel like. I don't get mm-hmm. this whole thing, really. It's just like a, a thing to make the plot go where they want it to go. And it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I feel that for sure. And Elena sasses him. I forget what she says. Yeah, I don't know. She was on her bullshit about how I can't believe you just stood there and let him feed on this innocent girl and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I think she has a zinger, but I didn't write it down. <laughs> Sorry, Elena. We weren't <laughs> impressed enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What did impress me is the next scene where we're at uh, the North Carolina Red House. I always notice it's yes. red. And Caroline bounces up. And is like, oh my gosh, you guys, there was a blood drive and I stole all the blood. Sorry, everybody in North Carolina who is dying. Uh, And I got every blood type, including my favorite, be positive. Like, isn't life great? Uh, She is so chipper in this scene. Yeah, sorry, blood drive people. (laughs) And meanwhile, Abby is like wandering around in the background outside, like looking very sad and staring at her plants. Yes. So we learned that Bonnie um, just whipped up a cute daylight ring for Abby so that she's able to go outside. So as we remember, Abby was turned into a vampire um, following all of the shenanigans from last week's episode or maybe the week before. I forget now. Two weeks ago. At the, yep. at the originals ball. Uh, yes, that's right. Um, or after the originals ball. I don't. It's been a while since we recorded. We had to take some Uh, time off. So I don't remember what happened when. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so Abby's just kind of like wandering around and she explains to everyone that like, I can't feel anything. And Bonnie lets us know that witches have a connection to the earth that they could actually like feel the earth and like understand that it's alive and um, Abby lost that when she became a vampire, so she's super bummed about that. I would be bummed if I could no longer make my we- magic weed grow overnight. Yes, that's that's the other part of it, right? Is that they could like f- make plants grow super fast. Yeah, Bonnie like cups her hands around some spiny looking fern and it starts growing, and I'm like, okay, so you could probably solve world hunger. What's up with that? <laughs> Too busy running Elena's bullshit tasks to to address anything at a higher level. Too busy making day rings for all the vampires to make it easier for them to eat people. Right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that situation is not going great, but Caroline's trying very hard to make it fun, which I appreciate. I was thinking this whole episode, like, thank God Caroline's a vampire, because if she wasn't, like, this whole crew would not be okay. Very true. And then we leave Abby's house and go to our favorite spot, the hottest place in Mystic Falls, 
uh, Wickery Bridge, where they're having some sort of press event because they're beginning construction on the bridge revamp. So a very big deal. What press is it? Both Logan Fell and Andy Starr are dead. <laughs> Who gets God. to... Is Mary Kara Lockwood now also like the news anchor? Probably. Because she's the one uh, there like presenting things. Right. It's the government and the media all rolled into one. That works out really well for us. Yeah, the state-run media in, in Mystic Falls. Fox News, Virginia. <laughs> yeah, she's just going on about how it's like a historic moment for the town or some bullshit. And then Meredith, Damon, and Alaric roll up. And Mayor Carol Lockwood like runs up to Alaric and she's like, Hey, Alaric, did you, like, bring the historical sign? And he's like, uh, ooh, I've been busy. And Mayor Carol Lockwood takes it pretty well. She's kind of like, oh, okay, well, we could have you bring it at the dedication ceremony or something like that. Why does Alaric have the sign in the first place? Because it seems like they had to restore it. And it's like, because he's a history teacher, he can restore historical artifacts. <laughs> What else is he going to do in the in the loft? It's his workspace. No, but maybe, truthfully, I don't know why he has it. <laughs> maybe he outsourced it to Vanessa at Duke because she works with dusty ass artifacts all the time. Wow, that's a throwback. I forgot about her. <laughs> uh, and her crossbow. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. And anyway, while this conversation is happening, Rebecca's kind of snooping around in the background because she is obsessed with trees, as we remember from last week. That's right. Yep. And then Damon is kind of scanning the crowd and he sees a familiar face in the distance. Um, and it's Sage. So such a coincidence. We just heard about Sage for the first time last week and now she pops up here. I know. Today. What a beautiful way of weaving the story together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alaric pieces out for some reason, and Damon's like, oh, I just saw an old friend. I gotta go, uh, I gotta stick around and see what's up with this. They have this cringy exchange where Sage is like, oh, if it isn't my favorite student. Damon's like, oh, and my hottest teacher. <laughs> uh, I wrote that down to you. It, it was not nice. <laughs> no, I did not care for it. And... Rebecca's hanging around as Sage explains that she had heard that Phil was undaggered and mm -hmm. she wants to find him because she loves him for some reason. Like, loves him a lot. I was very surprised by this. Yeah, I don't get Sage's deal, but it's not really important. Uh, Rebecca laughs really hard at Sage and is like, Phil doesn't give a shit about you and he's gone, so get out, trash. She calls... Sage trash as though she's Mary Carol Lockwood and Sage is Vicky Donovan. <laughs> yes, it's definitely giving that vibe. And then Sage calls her that ugly elitist original bitch. And I'm like, okay, I was kind of on your side for a second, but no. Yeah, I know. How dare you say that about our girl, Rebecca? I know. I felt so bad for Rebecca. I mean, we have been feeling bad for her, but this episode is really rough, and it just kind of gets worse with the Sage and Rebecca thing. Ugh, yeah. Ugh, no. Yeah. But anyway, it's all very, like, catty and gossipy, and really the egg should be on Sage's face because Phil wants to be murdered by his mother. 
and has not even mentioned her a single time since he woke up. Yeah. It's like yeah, he took the time to like... get a haircut, go to Brooks Brothers, like <laughs> attend a fancy ball, and he didn't call his girlfriend. Right. I know. And Sage is all like, he must be out looking for me. I'm like, do you know what year it is? Like, he could text you. He mm-hmm. has MiFi. Totally. These things are possible. So I think then we leave the Wickery Bridge, sadly enough, and we go over to the boarding house where Stefan is just having a nice glass of blood um, and Elena waltzes in and she's like, oh my gosh. So she didn't think that Stefan was there and he's like, hi, like, what are you doing here? And she's like, Alaric said that nobody was home and I just came by to pick up a book about my ancestor, Samantha. And Stefan gets a little sassy here. He's like, well, listen, you don't really need to read that book. Like, I could tell you what's going on. Samantha went into the insane asylum. She tried to give herself a lobotomy with a knitting needle, murdered some people, and then bled to death. Like, damn, Stefan. Yeah, and Elena's like, uh, cool story. Um, What's up with you in blood? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, you talked to Damon. <laughs> And they're just both being kind of bratty, but it's more justified on Elena's side. Yeah. But she's like, okay, that's a cool tidbit of information. Good to know. Good to know. And it's awkward. It is. Yeah, that scene is awkward. Short and awkward. (laughs) Short and awkward. That's what they called me in middle school. (laughs) Who am I kidding? That's what they call me now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... So we cut to Damon and Sage, like, walking through the forest or something. I don't know. Yeah. And Sage is like, listen, Phil is my one true love. I've been waiting for him for 900 years. And it's cool. It's chill. It totally makes sense. Phil and I are very compatible. And Damon's like, "Um, okay, whatever you say seems fake, but okay. And Damon mentions that Rebecca's up to something. Oh, because Sage is like, I hope you're not friends with Rebecca. Because she always treated me like a a peasant or something. Yeah, like, I think she says peasant whore. Oh, no. Yeah. And Damon's like, ah, no, we just fucked one time and she's trying to get something from me, but I don't know what. Yeah, she's hanging around because she wants something. So Damon's spidey senses are tingling. Yeah. And Sage is like, oh, well, you could get into her head. And he's like, uh, well, no, because she's super fucking old and she would kill me if I tried. But Sage has a cutting plan. Yes. So this is so gross. Sage is like, listen, Rebecca's a girl. All you have to do is find her weakness and then exploit it. And then I'll walk right in. Sage is one of those women who's like, I'm not like other girls. I'm a cool girl. I hang with the guys and I hate other girls. And I call them girls when they're women. When they're literally like over a thousand years old. (laughs) Right. When they're over a thousand years old. Yeah. She's like, girls just don't like me. I'm just one of the bros. I've never had a lot of girlfriends. I always got along better with guys. Oh, so toxic. Yeah. I don't like Sage. I don't know if I've expressed that before. (laughs) I wasn't like I wasn't sure if I liked her. I mean, I didn't like her like last episode, but already in this episode, I was just kind of like, oh, yeah. 
So Damon is like, okay, I'm into this plan. And he goes and finds Rebecca and starts flirting. And she's not picking up what he's putting down. Yeah, this whole scene was, like, so weird. Because Damon's, like, just trying to be, like, super sexy and, like, making a bunch of, like, innuendos. And she's like, hey, you can't just, like, come around and, like, be nice to me all of a sudden after you were mean. And then Damon's like, well, you liked when I'm mean. And I don't know. There's, like, some back and forth like that. Yeah, he says that she likes mean and she says no. And he says, oh, well, you really loved being mean to Sage and I'm like what you're not understanding Damon is that Rebecca likes being mean to other people but she secretly craves tenderness and kindness and everybody is mean to her and it makes her sad so fuck off but she's just like yeah whatever and he starts like leaning up into her space and like hovering his hand by her hip and she like gets a boner because she's starved for touch and affection yeah And then he's like, can Sage and I interest you in coming over for a drink? And she basically, what does she say? She's like, I'd rather die or I'd rather like, I don't know. Something something along along those lines. lines. Jinx. (laughs) Yeah. But the seed has been planted. I'm just shocked that Rebecca is like so turned on by like Damon's weird like whisper brush hand move. Like she's really into it. I mean, speaking of short and awkward, that describes Damon in this scene. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. But again, Rebecca has only been laid once since she woke up. And it was probably, I mean, let's face it, Damon is probably better at sex than Stefan. And yeah, Stefan is probably. the last person she slept with. And she was probably like, oh, okay. And I don't think that Damon is probably very good at sex. I think he's probably just okay. I don't know why I have these thoughts. They're just coming to me. But (laughs) Rebecca was like, oh, wow. Yeah, she's like, I could maybe go for that again. You're better than your brother. (laughs) (laughs) Why are these two brothers always sleeping with the same person? I don't know. It's very weird. Anyway, I'm not going to something deeper going on there. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go there. I mean, we have talked about their sexual tension with each other in the past, so. We have. Speaking of wood, uh, Jamie <laughs> is out there uh, in North Carolina. That's the best transition ever. <laughs> He's chopping some some logs, and Caroline comes up and is like, "Hey, what's your deal? Why are you hanging out in your? Apparently, Jamie lives in this like weird wood structure that we found very creepy a couple weeks ago." Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, why haven't you, like, been in the main house recently? And then, like, Caroline, like, bends down to, like, pick up a piece of wood to bring it over to the house. And he, like, freaks out. He's like, step away from me. Step back. And then Caroline realizes that, like, oh, like, the reason why you haven't been up to the house is because you're scared of Abby. He's like, of course I'm scared of her. She's a vampire. And I mean, I love Caroline, and there are good vampires on the show, but I understand Jamie in this moment. I'm like, yes, vampires like to eat humans, so fear is a correct response. We don't see it very often on this show. Right. But Caroline's like, well, listen, it's hard for her right now, and she needs the people she loves to like be there for her to make her feel normal. 
So get over yourself. Caroline answers the phone and it's Elena. And Elena's calling Caroline because she says that Bonnie's not returning her calls and that she really needs Bonnie's help because of everything that's going on with Alaric. She's like, hey, I know Bonnie's still mad, but I have this super important thing that I need her powers for um, in order to try and help Rick. It's just like, Elena, do you get it? I love, she says um, something really terrible has happened or is happening to Alaric. I'm like, the way that everybody talks about this situation this week is like, oh, poor Alaric. Uh, something terrible is happening to Alaric. I'm like, poor all of the people that Alaric has murdered. Like, nobody gives a shit about them. It's like, That's it is so terrible true. for Alaric, but it's also like, they should probably, like, have put him in the dungeon at the Salvatores immediately when they figured this out. Not just, like, had him babysat by Meredith. Yeah, not just letting him walk free, having MRIs left and right. He's probably at the Mystic Grill right now getting drunk. We don't know. Yep. It's wild. It is. And speaking of Alaric, him and Meredith are currently, I guess, at Elena's house, it seems like. Yeah. And they're looking through all of Alaric's past police reports. Um a nice stroll down memory lane yeah and yeah he's like i think he's going through and kind of talking about like oh this guy was a dick oh yeah that was like a restraining order it's interesting he's like we all have to find a way to deal with our dark side so i would just like punch anybody who is being mean i'm like we used to like a lark for being the guy who like would stand up to the original mayor lockwood and tell him to stop beating up his son and like all that right but now it's like okay so he just used to punch people and get arrested and we never hear why isabel got restraining orders multiple plural right i'm like what did he do to isabel i know what the hell i feel like yeah my perception of alaric has changed so much since we figured out that he's a secret unknowing murderer I just feel like this stuff with the police reports and the restraining orders was completely unnecessary to this plot line, and it doesn't really make sense with what we know of Alaric up to this point. Yeah, you're right. They, like, just brought it in to, like, help make it seem like Alaric could have a secret evil side, but it's also totally unnecessary, to your point, because it's the ring that's making him evil. It's not the fact that he, like, used to punch people in bars or whatever. And, like... They're really just brushing that off. Like, oh, well, the people he hit deserved it. So it's fine. (laughs) Right. Uh, But Alaric does have a confession to make (laughs) at this point. So, you know, him and Meredith are having a serious conversation. And he's like, there is one thing that I have to tell you. Um, You know, your cousin Logan fell. I vampire slayed him. And, like, Meredith has the blankest look on her face when he tells her. She's just like, well, you know, this whole vampire thing is is not my fight. I just like to use vampire blood to do my important not-so-doctor medical work. It was just so, such a weird response. She's like, oh, you killed my cousin. Okay, not my deal. Not my problem. I like to think that the internal monologue she's experiencing here is, I should probably act like I'm upset about this, but my cousin was a huge dick, so I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, but still a little bit. I don't know. I thought she handled that a little bit too well. 
I think Meredith just doesn't make sense as a human being or as a fictional character. She's a very yeah, poorly, no... she's a poorly written character. And yes. I'm sorry, Tori DeVito, not a very well acted one. <laughs> yeah. Like that that look on her face when he said that there was nothing going on behind those eyes. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> there wasn't. Oh. <sighs> But they're still, like, all in love with each other or whatever. And she ends the scene by being like, oh, uh, speaking of, like, you slaying vampires, I uh, sometimes wonder why you haven't put a stake through Damon's heart. (laughs) He tells the cute anecdote of the time that he tried, but then Damon killed him. And that was, like, the first time the ring brought him back to life. Right. Yep. And she's like, oh, okay, that doesn't give me any fewer questions that I had a minute ago about your relationship with Damon. And then we go back to the Salvatores for what I feel is like the hundredth time we've seen the same scene where Damon walks right. in on Stefan on a blood binge, like in the deep freeze cooler in the basement. Yeah, and he's like wasting a ton because there's a bunch of blood juice boxes on the floor, just like half full of blood. It's like... This is not an efficient feeding strategy. Yeah, like, we can't just rob a blood bank every day. (laughs) And Damon's like, slow down. Stefan, Stefan. Moderation, even when it's blood bags. And, like, the tone that Damon takes with Stefan in all these scenes is, like, very dry and, like, dismissive, but paternalistic. It's so weird, and I don't like it. Yeah. I feel like he has that tone with Elena sometimes, too. Right, it's very, like, pedantic, for sure. Yeah, this scene, like, doesn't have a point, really. It's just to, like, remind us that Stefan's still struggling with blood and, like, transition over to the sexy Sage Rebecca party, I guess. Yeah, he kind of, like, snaps at Damon about what he said to Elena about vampires needing to drink human blood and to leave him out of it if he's talking to Elena. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, I'm so bored by this love triangle right now, I do not care. Right. But it could be worse. It could be what Damon says next, uh, which is that unless Stefan is interested in a Sage Rebecca sex sandwich, he should make himself scarce. Wow. Yikes. I would not eat that sandwich because it has sage in it and I'm allergic to sage. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Food metaphors. (laughs) But before we get to see that uh, endeavor, we pop back over to Abby's house really quick. And Jamie finally enters the house um, and Bonnie's standing at the stove, apparently cooking some sort of dinner. And they kind of have a flirtatious back and forth. Um, And she's like, oh, hey, you know, it's good to see you like back in the house, Jamie. Um, And he's like, yeah, you know, Caroline lectured me. Um, but I, you know, want to be here for Abby or whatever. He's like, so I thought I could build a fire. And yeah, Bonnie's all like, yeah, that sounds good. Maybe the fire will distract people from my terrible cooking. <laughs> Hello, well. I really enjoyed that Jamie brought up the thing from like two or three weeks ago. Like, oh, remember, I'm the guy you're not related to. Wink, wink. Oh, that's right. Yep. That was their flirty flirtation we're not related, so it's okay that we have sexual tension, unlike <laughs> Stefan and Damon. Yes. <laughs> so they're, you know, still on the railroad to possible pound town. 
But before anything can go in any uh, sexy direction, Abby comes in and is like, Jamie? And goes in to give him a big hug. And he's like, I'm so sorry about everything. And it gets real sexual real fast. Yeah, this was weird. Because, like, Abby's kind of a mother figure to Jamie. But she at first she's, like, embracing him in, like, a warm, like, embrace. Like, oh, thank goodness you're here. And then she, like, starts to get the face boner. Like, the gray, like, crackly skin around the eyes. And she just goes for the bite. And there's right a on close Jamie. up on her red lips and she bites him and Bonnie like uses magic to push her away. And Abby's like, oh my God, I'm a monster. And it's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of awkward in this episode. I know. Poor Jamie. He like just mustered up the courage to get back in there and he gets bit immediately. Yep. That'll teach him. Bonnie's probably burning whatever food she was cooking in the kitchen too. It was probably like beefaroni. <laughs> oh, I love some beefaroni. <laughs> so, yes, we leave that chaos and we go over to another chaotic scene over at the boarding house oh um, where Damon and Sage have set up in like some sort of study room. I didn't recognize this room from any of the past scenes. I don't know like where exactly they were. I feel it's like Damon some sort was of like living room playing this piano dramatically last week, possibly at some point. Okay, sure. I don't know. But they have like <laughs> hired a mall pianist to like be the entertainment for this party, and he's playing like the. I don't know how to describe this. It's like it's sort of like got the vibe of Muzak, but on the piano, it was, it was like 1920s Muzak. Yeah, like, that's exactly. <laughs> but it's also like the easiest that like i could have played this when i was 12 and i was not a prodigy and and they just like remember this song and i'm like oh yes it's so distinctive (laughs) yeah they're like this is a banger i know that was so funny (laughs) i just found the whole piano player thing so weirdly done i was everything about the situation grosses me out but that made me laugh yeah, it was it was a weird choice for sure. And then they're like dancing later. Well, we could get into that, but that just makes it even weirder. I have to make my vampire show comparison of the week here. It's, yes. And it's not to Buffy. I didn't think about Buffy really at all this week. Oh, okay. But this kind of reminded me of this plotline on True Blood where I think it's the second season where we meet Bill's sire, or they call them maker on that show. So the person who mm-hmm. turned him into a vampire. Okay. And her name was Lorena, and they met, like, during the Civil War. It was weird. But there's this whole flashback where it's, like, the 1920s, and they're having a fancy, decadent party, and they, like, invite this couple back to their room for group sex and then eat them, and it's super bloody. But then, like, Lorena's wearing her flapper dress and, like, dancing to music sort of like this. (laughs) And I was like, Lorena was an unbearable character, and Sage kind of gives me Lorena vibes. Okay. So anyway, True Blood. Good to know that these kind of songs are being played in multiple vampire (laughs) orgy situations. (laughs) You can't have an orgy without an awkward piano player. (laughs) Without a nice 1920s shuffle. But yes, they are standing around and Damon's like, I don't think Rebecca's going to come. And she's like, oh, just give it time. I know women like... She's so desperate and pathetic that she's definitely going to come. She hates being alone. Yeah. 
Oof, it was harsh. And right on time, Rebecca does show up and ring the doorbell and Sage is all like, ah, yes, the sweet chime of desperation. And they seem to so. have gotten an actual doorbell because it's not the little ding a ling ling like bell. Oh, yeah. It's like bing bong. Right. Upgrade at the boarding house. Or maybe Rebecca brought her own doorbell because she's so desperate she needed to make sure they heard her. Oh, Maybe. Or since they, like, abandoned um, Klaus's house, maybe she took some of, like, the features from that house and she's, like, bringing them over to the boarding house. Yes. She is a real property brother, too. (laughs) But she holds up some fancy booze bottle and says, I stole it from Nick, who stole it from a queen. Not sure which one. (laughs) Like, okay. Uh, Sure. And she pops it open and takes a swig and she's all like, this is depressing. Like, where is the party? And then I forget if it's Sage or Damon, but they're like, it just arrived. Yeah, Damon says that. Okay. And Sage opens the bottle by like ripping the neck off of it. So it's just like a jagged, broken bottleneck. Oh, <laughs> like, I- this is not going to be fun to drink out of now. When I watched it, I thought that's what happened. And then I was like, no, that's not what happened. And then it was weird. Yeah, I definitely watched this episode three times and noticed it every time, and it made me mad. Okay. <laughs> like, you can't drink that now. I know you're vampires. Know. But, like, that would cut your lip, and then the alcohol against your wound would sting Oof. so hard. Yeah. That does not That's... put me in a sexy mood. I mean, I don't want to not... kink shame, but. <laughs> not a wise decision. Yeah. So we have now a really hot dance party between Damon and Sage, which reminds me so much of when Damon and Vicky were dancing around in this house in season one. Oh, because right. bless his heart, Ian Somerhalder, not a good dancer. And they're like trying to make it look really hot, but it's like you can tell that there was not music playing like on set. And they're just like, okay, now like shimmy and get really close. But like they don't really have any chemistry. No, this like this whole scene was just so weird. And, like, the dance isn't even, like, sexy. Like, there's no rhythm. Like, there's no, like, sort of, like, I mean, I'm a middle schooler in, like, the early 2000s, so there was a lot of grinding going on. Like, there was, like, nothing. There was nothing. They were, like, doing some sort of, like, I don't know, like, mashed potato, like, (laughs) style dance. It was so fucking weird. Yeah. And Rebecca's, like, okay, uh, (laughs) not really interested in this. I'm just going to eat this piano player now. Yeah. And so she starts drinking and Damon's like, oh, let's, uh, what does he say? Like, do you want to make this a... Yeah, the the worst pun of the episode, he says, how about we make this a duet? Oh, right. I knew he said something stupid, but I couldn't remember. And Uh, he starts drinking from the guy's wrist and then they have a bloody kiss. Yeah. And like, Rebecca's like, what about her? And then Damon's all like, I want her and I want you. And then they start making out. And I'm like, why why did Rebecca think they invited her over? Like, they stopped just shy of saying, do you want to come have a a three-way with me and Sage, like, at the bridge? Right. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Did she think they just invited her over to, like, fuck in front of her? (laughs) I feel like maybe she was into it, but seemed like she didn't want, like, to be into it for some reason. I don't know. Mm. Or she wasn't 100% sure, so she wanted plausible deniability. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Because Sage is just, like, creepily, like, sitting on the couch, like, with her arms back, like, 
making a like turned on face. I don't know. It was just weird. It seems implausible to me that Rebecca would believe that Sage wants to have a three way because they hate each other and not in a hot way. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But they had to orchestrate this really hot and steamy three-way scenario that I am so aroused by. Wow. (laughs) Oh, boy. But luckily, we cut away from that for a little bit to go back to (laughs) Abby freaking out about having bit her sort of son. (laughs) Her not-related son. (laughs) They're not related either. (laughs) yeah so like i think uh, abby's like kind of saying like what like i gotta get out of here i gotta go or Mm -hmm. something along those lines and bonnie's oh yeah because she doesn't want to hurt jamie or her like any more than she already has and bonnie's all like listen the only way you're going to hurt me is if you leave Mm -hmm. um so that was a dramatic moment between the two of them for sure yeah, and they share a nice look, and then Caroline pops in and is like, Jamie's okay, I gave him some of my blood, we're all cool, nothing's wrong, everybody's friends. Yep, nothing a little vampire blood can't cure. <laughs> God bless Caroline. Yep. So, back over at the Gilberts, Alaric is, like, giving his last will and testament to Elena, basically. He's like, this is where all of my legal documents are, this is this, oh, this is that. Yep. And Elena's like, no, I don't want to know this stuff because you're not going to die. Nothing's going to happen to you. It's all chill. And Alaric's like, no, I, I need to make sure that you and Jeremy will be okay if something happens to me. I'm like, what happened to Elena's 18 now and she can take care of the family? And also, like, what has he actually helped them with besides, like, right? like seriously, what good has he brought in their lives? Like, he did not take care of them whatsoever. He's just been getting drunk at their house and, like, drunk dialing his crush at two in the morning and then bumbling around hungover the next day. Yep. And, like, sounds like, being sounds like our shared house in our 20s. <laughs> too true. Too true. <laughs> uh, but is it so I think their conversation gets interrupted because Caroline calls Elena back mm-hmm. um, and says that Bonnie's going to come there and help Rick. And then Bonnie hops on the phone. Yeah. And Elena's like, oh, my God, Bonnie's speaking to me. I must completely ignore her wishes and be like, Bonnie, oh, my God. We're right. so sorry. And she's like, Bonnie's like, listen, I need a personal item of Alaric's that he had before he started wearing this ring. And I'll be coming to do the spell. Bye. Yeah, like, be ready when I get there. Yeah. Like, yes. Okay. So Elena's like, Alaric, like, we need something of yours that's personal that you had before the ring. And he's like, oh, well, that's easy. My wedding ring is over at the loft. And I think he gave her instructions on where to find it. It's somewhere weird. Like, it's in the an drawer aspirin next bottle. to the fridge. Yeah, in an aspirin bottle covered in cobwebs or something along those lines. Why would his wedding ring be in an aspirin bottle? It's not like it's worth much. Like, is he trying to hide yeah. it from robbers? Or, like, he doesn't want to think about it? So he hi- what if he needs an aspirin? I was thinking he put it in there, like, during, like, a hungover like stupor or, something. or it like fell off know. and into the bottle and he was too hungover to bother to take it out <laughs> yeah and then he just kept it there for like six years marriage really is a headache oh hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, but so Elena's kind of prepping to like go over there at a lark's like, okay, hey, let's go. And then they decide, no, like Meredith says, you stay here with me. And he's like, oh, yeah, you and your tranquilizers. So we learn that Meredith has like some tranquilizer shots um, to be able to give to a lark in case he starts going evil and trying to perform any murders. I'm just going to assume she like stole some ketamine from the hospital. <laughs> Honestly, that would like, not surprise me. Okay, if Alaric turns evil, we'll just just drop him into a K-hole. It's cool. It'll <laughs> be fine. And then, unfortunately, we go back to the Salvatore boarding house where our three lovers are post-coitally in bed together. Although, most of them are dressed in at least, like, yeah. negligees. But it's weird, because I think only Damon and Rebecca are in the bed, and, like, Sage, like, waltzes in fully clothed. I don't, like, okay, so they wanted to have a sexy three-way, like, two chicks and one dude. Oh, it's so hot. But, like, they show nothing of the three of them together. And it's, like, because even when they're trying to be, like, gross about it, like, they can't have two ladies kissing. That's gonna, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead to our segments, but, like, this is the theme of my who should have done it because mm. what can they not show? Like what year was it? Like, would they not show like a same sex kiss on TV or like a three? I don't know. Like, is it because it's cable on the very same understand. network, the CW in season four of gossip girl, which was before this, because okay. this was airing concurrently with the last season of gossip girl. Yeah. So this would have been 2012. Yeah. Okay. There was the famous scene where Dan, Vanessa, and Hillary Duff have a three-way, and it definitely showed okay. them kissing in all combinations. And like, it wasn't graphic or anything, but that did happen. Yeah. Like, so at least the give Vampire us that. Diaries just is like spectacularly bad at this stuff, and they never really got better, even when they tried. Oh God, this so, was like just so annoying to watch. Okay. <laughs> like, not even that I really wanted to see it, but I'm like, right? don't build it up so much and then, like, not show us literally anything. Like, not even, like, the three of them in the same bed together at any point. Right. Ugh. But so, did they or us. didn't they? It's implied that they did. Okay. But they can't imply it too hard because then it would be too be homosexual. Appropriate? I, yeah, I don't know. It was the whole, this whole situation is just like stupid and gross <laughs> on every possible level. It is. And then they don't even give us the gratification of like explaining what actually happened. No, they most certainly oh. don't. But Rebecca's yes. fast asleep because those two really wore her out. Footage not found. <laughs> and she, uh, Sage and Damon go into the shower together. I guess so, like, if Rebecca wakes up, she can't hear them. I guess. But also because it's so hot to see yeah, two I people think it's from so the shoulders hot. up with water pouring yeah. on them. They really want to make Sage's sexiness happen, but I just don't see it. Like, she's a nice looking woman, but there's nothing particularly seductive or, like, special about, like, her aura or, like, the way she carries herself. It's just, like, hot woman. Yeah. Okay. Team Rebecca over here. Oh, yeah. I could rant about this for a very long time, but let's continue on <laughs> with the plot. We find out that Sounds Sage good. incepted Rebecca while she was sleeping. And instead of telling Damon about what she saw, she's going to kiss the information into his mouth so that we can watch some select clips from last week's episode that they weren't privy to. Yes. Oh, my gosh. 
or not just last week's, but like several episodes where Rebecca's like, the tree, the tree. Oh my God, the milling records. <laughs> I loved this flashback because it was just like the most awkward scenes. It was like her in the cave with like the drawings in the background and then her talking to Mary Carol Lockwood about, <laughs> about the milling records. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I mean, anything that reminds me of the episode where all Rebecca was doing was talking to Mary Carol Lockwood and this Alvator is about trees. <laughs> yes that is worth it so good so good but yeah damon's like oh my god there's another tree yeah and and sage is all like i told you if i got her comfortable enough she would be just an open book for me to read and understand what everything is going on and yeah so then damon is kind of like Oh, well, we have to go check out like the business archives upstairs because we can determine which is the tree that was cut down and and when it was cut down so that they could understand where they could find the white oak. Right. And for reasons that I cannot understand, he takes the time to sling a towel as low as possible around his waist without revealing any pubes (laughs) and goes into the library like still damp and bare chested and I'm just like that house is probably hella drafty and this doesn't seem comfortable and you're gonna get water on all the books like I know this show really likes to show (laughs) shirtless men and I appreciate that but he couldn't have at least put on like underpants or something like the towel just seems like the towel would just fall off like (sighs) it was just so silly it's like the time that he got out of the bath with Andy and was covered in suds and just walking around the house naked (laughs) Yeah. Maybe once you're alive that long, you don't care about things like comfort. But yeah, it did not seem comfortable. But anyway, he looks in the ledger from 1912. Why is it 1912? That's what I don't understand. Because 1912 was last episode. I'm like, just coincidentally, it was the year that we thought about last week. Just like coincidentally, Sage just (laughs) showed up after we talked about her last week. Of course. So he's like, oh, ho, do, do, do. And... I think we probably come back to that later for the rest of this situation. I think so. Because we have to stop by the old loft where Elena has arrived in order to (laughs) the Rick room in order to retrieve Rick's engagement ring from the dusty aspirin bottle. And what exactly? So Elena like walks in and Stefan is already there or like meets her in the hallway or something like that. They run Um, into each other somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So he basically says that he tried to stop by her house, but that Rick said that she was over at the loft. So he came to find her there. Yes, because he has some very important information. Elena probably should have read that book after all about Samantha Gilbert, which I assume like who there's a book about Samantha Gilbert. Like, did somebody write a novelization of her life? Because it yeah, can't be right. a diary. Because it's, not because it's her about diary. things that happened yeah. while she was in the asylum and like her death. Yeah. But he's like, listen, it's just the annals of <clears throat> Gilbert history. <laughs> oh my god, that's something I don't want to read. <laughs> but he's like, look, I read some more, and it turns out that when Samantha was in the asylum, she murdered two people there, and she was on suicide watch, which means she couldn't have any jewelry, which means that you can be a psycho killer even when you're not wearing the ring. 
why didn't Stefan just come out and say like, and she wasn't wearing the ring when it happened? You know, like this was such a weird thing because it took me a minute to figure out what he was exactly saying. I'm oh like, yeah, what the f-? yeah, like, and she had no personal effects on her, including jewelry. I was like, so. I was like, oh, okay, the ring, got it. Because <laughs> Lena had to like discover it on her own. Yes, it's the yeah. uh, Socratic method or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, Stefan running the Socratic method on Elena. That's what I would like to see. Oh, my God. But, yeah, they're like shit, but they're not enough like shit for the situation. Like, they should be running back to the house, but... Right, yeah, no. Like, Elena is determined to still get the ring so they can do the spell, but she doesn't seem like she's in that big a hurry about it. It's weird. Okay. So, we leave them searching the Rick Room for the ring. And we go back over to the Gilberts, where, speaking of Alaric, he has woken up in a very evil mood. Yes. So the first time we see him in this scene, he's just dumping out the tranquilizers, like, pouring them out onto the floor and, like, doing, like, an evil grin and, like, staring straight ahead and just dumping them all out. Mm-hmm. So we know that he is not safe right now. But what's going to happen? I don't know, because we got to go to Damon by the roaring fire, still only wearing a towel and burning the 1912 milling records and saying, oh, now Rebecca will be chasing her tail forever. She'll never find out what happened to that damn tree. Ah, The milling record is destroyed. But then Sage has to be the hugest wet blanket of all time, which I guess is the thing she has in common with Phil. She's like, (laughs) "Okay, so that wood can kill an original. But my darling Phil is an original, so I'm not chill with this plan. Yeah, she's like, don't you see how that could be a problem for me? And then David has a good one here. He's like, what? Because of Phil? He's like, I've met the guy. He's like super boring. Like, you'll be fine without him. He's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's like every time Sage and Damon talk about Phil in this episode, it's like Arrested Development. Her? Her? (laughs) Bland? (laughs) (laughs) but now the former allies are turned against each other but damon says well look i don't give a shit about phil like you two can go live happily ever after and i'll kill rebecca and you'll love that because you hate rebecca except when you're possibly off screen fucking her question mark possibly yes and sage seems to agree with that plan at this point but they also like stare at each other intensely yeah that's so annoying but then we go back to Stefan and Elena and Stefan's like look I get that like you care about Alaric but he's doomed like Samantha was fucked he's equally fucked there's nothing that you can do like where are you getting this from Stefan just because you're depressed it means no plans will ever work for anybody else like yeah I don't know Stefan's being a diva but yeah. Elena becomes even more of a diva because she's like, listen, Stefan, this is my family's ring. So I have the responsibility to fix this problem. And does Stefan tell her that, no, you do not? Yes. she said, <laughs> Or was that just me shouting at the television? It was both. Stefan says something like, you can't take on the responsibility for everything all by yourself. And she's like, but it's my fault. Okay, yeah. Oh, he says, you can't take the blame for everything and you can't save everybody. Uh, yes. And she's like, oh, who are we talking about? Alaric or you? Oh, yeah. I'm not giving up on you and I'm not giving up on Rick. 
Yeah. And Stefan's like, Yikes. That goes against my whole murder complex. Ugh. Let me find a distraction. Oh, look, this drawer that is stuck shut. I will pull it with my vampire strength and find some incriminating photos of murder victims and some kind of long-ass manifesto that Alaric has written. (laughs) Wait, yeah, I forgot about that part for a second. (laughs) Yeah, he has, like, a screed all about God knows what. And it's all, like, printed out on computer paper, and it looks like a screenplay, like it's the size of a screenplay, and it's like, (laughs) oh my God, Alaric's trying to get a movie made. Yes, that's his next next chapter. But Elena reads a little bit from the beginning. It's like, Dear Jeremy, if something must ha- should happen to me, you must carry on this glorious mission. The council must be cleansed before the work can begin. And then there's a list of council members. <laughs> so discreet. And Elena's like, this- oh, yeah. Alaric didn't write this. There's no way. I'm like, you accept that Alaric murdered all these people, but not that he wrote this manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like when Matt was like, I draw the line at ghosts. oh my gosh that's so funny yeah this is so weird it's like also like how is he hiding all this shit and like nobody saw it before they've all been in and out of the the rick room the loft and they've mostly been using that as a gym then though yeah oh my gosh and i think elena and damon were too distracted by their own flirtation to open any drawers yeah they were thinking about getting into each other's drawers Hey, you're on fire with the puns tonight. I haven't had an outlet for my puns in a while, so they're just the tab <laughs> been has been turned up. on. <laughs> so yes, Elena is appalled, and Seven's like, "Yes, I was right. Everything's terrible. Nobody will ever be happy if I have anything to say about it." Yes. Now we done fucked up, <laughs> and then we go to possibly my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> where can i guess what it is yes please do is it is it where meredith is like i don't know where anything in this house is i mean it is that scene not that particular line though that is hilarious it's like why would you know where anything is in this house i know that's what i was laughing so hard about when she said that i was like you don't live here why are you here why would you know like where anything is oh my god it's just dialogue for the sake of dialogue it adds nothing to the show yeah, it's just something for her to say while Alaric's, like, creepy, creepily stalking toward her. Yeah. It's like, Meredith was not raised by humans. She is an alien who has, like, learned about humanity by watching soap operas. Yeah, so now she just has, like, certain phrases that she runs through. She's like, I don't know where anything is in this house. Oh, funny. So, Alaric comes up, and she's like... I'm making coffee. Do you take cream? Yes? No? Oh, I could really use a sandwich. I don't like mayo. (laughs) And Alaric just says, can I ask you a question? Do you ever feel remorse? Yes. And I'm like, for what? She's got a a whole litany of things she should probably feel remorseful about. (laughs) I know. Least of all what he's expecting her to feel remorse about. Yeah. And, like, he repeats the question, and she's, like, looking at him, like, what are you talking about? And he, like, picks up a giant-ass knife that probably has been inside of uh, both himself and Aunt Jenna. Yeah. <laughs> at some point. R.I.P. And he goes on this speech, like, 
you're on the council and all of you council people are supposed to be protecting people from vampires, but you all just go about your lives and let them do their thing and use their blood. How do you live with yourself? And Meredith yeah. actually has a decent moment here. She just, like breaks the coffee pot over his head and like, or against some part of his body and scalds him with the hot coffee. Like that was a good instinct. But that she was, also sure. gets lightly stabbed by Alaric's swinging madly of the blade. Yes. And he's like, you should feel remorse. And then she starts running. Mm-hmm. And she leaves the kitchen. She's like trying to get upstairs as fast as possible. And she runs, I think, to the bathroom that's like connecting Jeremy and Elena's room. Because mm-hmm. she has to close like two sets of doors. So she gets one and then she goes over to the other. But Alaric, like, has stuck his hand in the door. Mm -hmm. So she picks up a tiny pair of bathroom scissors and just, like, stabs the crap out of his hand. And he's like, ah! And then she's able to close the door and (laughs) get herself to safety. So also running around like chickens with their heads cut off are uh, are three vampire lovers. Because Damon is running to Wickery Bridge to get the wood and to stop Sage, potentially, from getting rid of the wood. And he arrives there to see that Rebecca has made a Wickery Bridge bonfire. Yes. Wow. And she's the like, wood is <laughs> already being burned. I love Rebecca's line here. She's like, all of your plans seem to go wrong, don't they, Damon? It's like, truer words, truer words. <laughs> and Damon's like super shook. And he said to Sage, like, you set me up. And she's like, well, you lied to me. You know that all of the originals are linked up and that if we killed Rebecca, it would also kill Phil. Kill Phil. That's a movie I'd watch. Kill Phil. Oh, so boring. <laughs> and uh, she says that she found that out because she also incepted Damon without him even noticing it because she's so old and he's so weak. That it's oh, easy. that's right. Yeah. And Damon's like, well, listen, honey, he wants to die. Like, literally, he is going to be a sacrifice to kill all of his siblings. So don't get your hopes up about happily ever after with your creepy boyfriend. Yeah. And she's like, I don't believe you. He loves me. And he's he says, uh, he strung you along for 900 years, which... He was in a coffin daggered for 900 years. Like, that wasn't Phil's fault. Right. Yeah. It's hard to lead someone along when you're daggered. Like, that was kind of Sage's decision at that point, I think. Yeah. But then he says, well, now, if I ever find another way to kill the originals, I'm going to go for Phil first. What do you think about that? And then she looks shook. Damn. Yeah. So then I think we leave them at that chaos over at the wickery bridge and we go back to stefan and elena and they've now arrived back at the gilbert house Mm -hmm. um so elena walks in and she sees alaric and she's like hey he's like hey there she's like where's meredith at and alaric comes up with a quick line he's like oh meredith had to go over to the hospital for a quick surgery um and he's like nursing the injury on his hand um mm-hmm. that he got from being stabbed with the tiny scissors and elena's like hey like what's that with your hand what's going on and he's like oh you know i just broke a coffee cup nothing to see here slice my hand hey did you find my ring by any chance 
And then um, Elena sees, like, the bloody knife that Alaric had, like, nicked, or I guess stabbed Meredith with on, laying on the floor. And she, like, starts to realize, like, something is, like, seriously going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then is it Stefan that jumps in here and starts choking Alaric? Or does Elena try to choke him? Yeah. So Stefan had gone off to investigate because he smelled the blood in the kitchen, I guess. Okay. So Alaric doesn't know he's there and he's like, oh, did yeah. Stefan find you? And she's like, what? No, I don't know what's going on. I couldn't find the ring. And he starts to like lunge for her when he realizes she, realizes she saw the knife and oh, Stefan right. creeps up and puts him in a chokehold and Elena's like, don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. And he's like, don't worry. This is, I've watched the Princess Bride a lot of times. I saw Wesley choking out Fezzik just to the point <laughs> before death. So he passed out but didn't die. Like, it's chill. That's my favorite movie. I didn't mention it to you on Mozzarella Night because I wanted to impress you with Kanye and Bob Dylan. <laughs> Kanye and Bob Dylan. Oh, so so Alaric is now taking a nap again. Hopefully he'll wake up good. And yes. Stefan's like, wait, there's somebody else here. And they run upstairs. Ah, uh, yes. And they find meredith bleeding out on the bathroom floor because apparently she got stabbed harder than it looked like or she's just a bleeder yes she okay, is a right. hemophiliac yeah that would explain and everything. i guess <laughs> it really would and i guess all of stefan's like lamenting about like the blood in this episode has kind of served this scene a little bit because when he walks into the bathroom like he starts getting like a face boner because he smells like all of Meredith's blood everywhere, um, but he's able to overcome his face boner um, in order to feed Meredith his blood so that she doesn't die. Yes. He thinks about baseball for a minute. He yes. feeds Meredith her blood, which I have to say, never has the phrase giving her a taste of her own medicine been so literal. <laughs> and she's going to be okay. Yay. Thank God. I was so worried about Meredith. If she died, what a loss for the show. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to come back from that. I'm never going to financially recover from this. And then Elena very seriously says, you're going to be okay looking straight at Stefan. So she's saying it to them both. Wow. So meaningful. And then we cut to Damon watching Alaric sleep. Probably not for the the first time. (laughs) Definitely not. So... Yeah, so Alaric's, like, sleeping in, I guess, like, Elena's room or Jeremy's room or something. And, it's gotta be or is it? Aunt Jenna's room. Okay. Where has Alaric been sleeping? Is he still on the couch? I thought he moved into one of the bedrooms. Oh, you're right. You're but right. It he looks did. like not what he would have as his bedding. I don't, yeah. It was a little Laura Ashley. But whatever. I don't know his <laughs> taste. Yes, maybe it is. Um, maybe he has different tastes, like, during his, like, manic episodes. But anyway. (laughs) Alaric's like, what happened? What's going on? Why am I here? Why are you watching me sleep? Okay, and then Damon explains to Alaric that Bonnie did a spell and then reminds Alaric that he has an alter ego that has a mission to kill the members of the council and that Damon's there to kind of keep an eye on him and put him on somewhat of a house arrest light um, to make sure that he doesn't kill any more council members at the moment. Yes. And that they're going to go stay at the Rick room for a while. Just the two of them. I wonder what they'll get up to in that apartment all by themselves. Hey. And then we go to Bonnie and Elena in the kitchen. Bonnie's still kind of being skittish 
And she's like, so he needs to take some herbs every day, like my mom's magic weed. As long as he keeps, as long as he smokes a magic J every day, he'll be fine. And I'm going to help her grow the weed in the garden. And then Elena's like, right. that's cool. But I got to apologize to you and insist that you forgive me. I know. And poor Bonnie, she does, she gives Elena like a big hug and Elena's like, yeah, say that you'll forgive me. And Bonnie's like, of course I do. But it felt so forced. I I didn't like this. Yeah, it seemed not great, but they're friends again. Yay. Yeah. Elena was not handling it very well, but what else is new? Right. Back in North Carolina... Caroline and Jamie are out in the garden working on the magic weed and Caroline's like, uh, yeah, when Bonnie gets back, she'll like wave her magic wand and it'll all be good. (laughs) Right. And Jamie's all like, yeah, Bonnie's like super lucky to have a friend like you, which is very true because Caroline Mm -hmm. is the best friend to everybody. Yes. And then um, somehow with her super vampire hearing uh, from outside, Caroline can hear Abby in the house. And she's like, oh, I think Abby's up. So she goes back over to Abby's house. And Mm -hmm. when she walks in, she sees that Abby kind of has her suitcase packed and she's in the process of writing a letter. And she's like, you're leaving? And Bonnie's like, or Abby's like, (laughs) yeah i don't know how to do this and caroline comes in with a zinger and she's like do what be a parent oh yeah i know yeah so they get into this conversation where abby's like you know bonnie and jamie they're like really better off without me caroline's like no like no they're not like please stay for them and abby's just like not hearing any of it Caroline says nobody's better off without their parents and I'm like okay well that's not true you were better off without your dad first of all and like plenty of people are better off without their parents but I understand how it applies to the situation like Abby should probably stay but you know she's gonna do what she's gonna do stop bringing your personal baggage into it Caroline (laughs) (laughs) yeah and Abby's all like please just tell them that I'm sorry so she's not she's not gonna stay yep bye Abby Hi, Abby. We hardly knew you. She's going off to fall in love with Klaus in real life. Oh, I would like to see that, too. (laughs) So this is my second favorite part of the episode where we go to Elena, who's just all by herself in the house. And she's like, I don't have any boyfriends. I don't have any parents. I don't even have my stupid fucking brother. I have nobody like Caroline and Bonnie are off together. And usually everybody's so obsessed with me and wanting to be around me all the time. But now I've got nothing. So I guess I better call Jeremy. Uh, I know. And we went, we went how many episodes without seeing him? Not enough. That's the truth. It really wasn't enough. Um, but of course, Elena has to call him and check in. And she's like, hey, Jer, what's up? And he's like, hey, not too much. Uh, are you checking up on me? And she's like, you know, I just wanted to call and, like, see how you were doing. And he's apparently doing great. He's like, I haven't flunked out. And I got a dog. And I'm like, excuse me. How? (laughs) Isn't he staying with family friends? Like, did he get a dog to, like, keep in their house? Who gave Jeremy Gilbert a dog? He's not old enough to get one on his own. Like, I'm very concerned about this dog. 
and he's definitely not responsible enough to take care of it. No. He's doing the weed. Oh my god. And he's probably going to draw creepy pictures of it in his journal like he did of werewolves <laughs> that one time. Uh. I'm very upset about this dog thing because it seems like a kind of thing like, oh, Jeremy's really well ad- adjusted, but he's a high school student staying in somebody else's house. No, he did not get a dog. I know. Yeah, that was so weird. Like, I don't know what they were like trying to do with that story. I mean, when Jeremy inevitably shows up again, he best have that dog with him or else I'm going to be pissed. The dog becomes a major character in season four. <laughs> yes. Sorry, that was not a true spoiler. Uh, it would be cool if a, do- a talking dog became a main recurring member of the cast. It wouldn't surprise me if it did, honestly. <laughs> The show would pull a Sabrina the Teenage Witch and have, like, a sassy dog instead of a sassy Salem. Oh, my God. But you could never outdo sassy Salem. No, you couldn't. But Elena's just like, I wanted to hear your voice. I miss you. And he's like, I miss you, too. But I gotta go hang out with my friends now. Like, like, call you back later. I know. True, Jeremy. Okay. And Elena's sitting there in her window seat, sad and alone. Yeah. And then we get our it's last okay, Elena. Uh Yes, and this is a big one. So we go back over to the boarding house. And it's presumably the morning. And Stefan is drinking. And it is whiskey this time. I think it was last yes. episode or the episode before. I thought he was drinking whiskey, but he was actually drinking blood. This time he's drinking whiskey. And Damon's all like, hey, isn't it a little bit early for you? And Stefan's like, well, I don't know. what He's like drinking whiskey so that he doesn't drink blood. He's like moderation, right? Or something along those lines. I think he's celebrating and treating himself because he refrained from feeding on a stab victim, a stabbing victim last night. Oh, He's like, okay. hey, look at me. It seems kind of celebratory. He's like, moderation. Like, it really is a thing. Right. And that makes sense in terms of uh, continuity of the, of the plot line, <laughs> for sure. So then Damon is very cheerful and Stefan's like, why aren't you in a worse mood? Like, we lost all that wood and that was sad. And Damon's like, I'm a philanthropist. <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay. And even when he continues, it doesn't really make sense. No, it doesn't. And he unveils that he has the wooden sign uh, that says Wickery Bridge, the original one. Yes, that sign that Alaric failed to bring to the event. And it is made out of the same wood that the bridge was made out of. So however many stakes they can make out of that sign, they got weapons to kill originals. Yes. We have weapons. Let's kill some originals. And then that's Fiend. The end of the episode. Yes. The end. The end. So that was an episode. It was. A lot happened in this episode. It wasn't quite as confusing as some of them, but there were like a lot of hijinks that were a tiny bit annoying or like, did it make sense? I feel like this season, they like didn't care as much about like having things make sense and like follow like a logical sequence as they did in the first two seasons. Yeah, they're like, we have to keep up the breakneck pace, but we can't be bothered to like put in the connective tissue. (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm here for it still. Like, I still like it. The thing I don't understand is at what point during the, like, menage a trois scenario was Rebecca in on the plan? I think it was after they all banged, right? Because it wasn't until like... after that that Sage found out that Phil would die. 
Yeah, that's a good question. For some reason, I thought she wasn't in. I thought that like maybe Sage like went to talk to her after she told Damon. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. after she shared the information through her mouth. Um, but I guess, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I guess in that scene where Damon's like, I'll let Phil live and I'll kill Rebecca, like, she looked at him skeptically, so maybe she did then tell Rebecca. But it wasn't clear. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that Rebecca was not in the loop until after they all had sexual intercourse, which is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it was also very confusing, and I didn't want to think about it too much because it was also gross. No, if you think about it too much, too, it, like, all starts to kind of, like, fall apart. It's, like, when you're trying to, like, when you're first waking up and you try and remember your dreams. <laughs> and then, like, the more you think about it, the more you're, like, oh, no, like, what's happening? I don't remember any of this. That is exactly what it's like. <laughs> but, yeah, like, there oh, are, boy. this was a real a real mixed bag of an episode because there was a lot of stuff that I really enjoyed, but also some of it was just so terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was better than last week. Definitely. Last week, that was not your favorite episode, Claire. It was certainly not. <laughs> but, yeah, I enjoyed uh, Caroline in this episode. I enjoyed yes. some mm-hmm. unintentional moments of hilarity. I liked, uh, what did I like? I know I liked things. I enjoyed uh, Evil Alaric. Yeah. And I... I want I see this show so and the character of Larix so differently now that I know like what a shitbag Matt Davis is in real life. Right. So like if it weren't for that, I would feel a lot worse for Alaric in this situation. And I know I did before because like uh-huh. Alaric was great. We love Alaric, but I'm like, oh, but that guy's really evil. And so when he's playing <laughs> evil Alaric, I'm like, oh, there's a reason he pulls this off so well. This is more like who he really is. Right. Rather like than creepy like ass a nice teacher. Yeah, yeah. Speaking now of which, I... if you haven't checked out our Instagram lately, please do, because there is a hilarious video of Paul Wesley, like, doing an Instagram Q&A and, like, dragging yes. Matt Donovan and Alaric and Matt Davis. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's so good. Yeah, and one of our... Um... One of our listeners sent that to us. Um, yes, we're totally and grateful. We got a huge crack out of it. It was so amazing. Yeah, because they it. posted that recently, right? Like, or, yeah, yeah it was, it was, it was while we were on our recording break. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. But yeah, that I liked most of this episode. The Menage Trois <laughs> thing was weird. Um, I feel a little bit annoyed with the Abby storyline because mm. I thought that we were going to get like some more resolution and growth there for Bonnie. Um, and it all kind of seems like why did all of that happen? I mean, I guess they needed Abby to like be able to open the locked casket or whatever, but mm-hmm. it just feels like, I don't know, maybe she'll come back um, and hopefully they could do more with her character. But if she pieces out now, then it's a, that's <laughs> a little bit annoying. Indeed. No comment. Okay. Yes. So I guess we can launch right into our segments now. Uh, Who do you want to punch? Who do I want to punch? Yeah. So for for punching, um, I know I was just talking about her, but I'm going to pick Abby. Mm. 
listen, I don't know what it's like to be turned into a vampire and having the urge to attack those that are closest to me. However, I do feel like it's kind of shitty for her to peace out and leave Bonnie twice. And like we could see so much over like the past, I don't know, like 10 episodes or so, like how much pain like it caused Bonnie and like how vulnerable she had to become to like go to Abby's house and like kind of like open up to her and share her feelings and for her to be abandoned now again after like all of the trauma of Abby being turned into a vampire I just feel like it's a big bummer yeah and Abby didn't put in much effort it was just like one bad thing happened she's like all right you know I've left before it's easy it's easier the second time exactly yeah so she gets a big old punch for that yeah i support that (laughs) how about you claire who you want to punch i mean i think you can guess (laughs) it's sage yeah i just don't like her i don't and the ways that i don't like her are really wrapped up in like how she was written and i think Mm -hmm. how the people who wrote her wanted her to come across yeah like almost as much as the character and her actions themselves because it's like she's really hot she sometimes has sex with ladies but we're not going to show that we're just going to imply it wink wink and she doesn't like other ladies because she's cool and hot and sexy and she can double cross people and like she's going to be so hot people are going to be so into this and I'm like no she just doesn't make sense it's not okay that she and Damon coerced Rebecca into having sex with them so that they could break into her mind and steal her thoughts. Yeah. That might be a controversial take, but I'm not okay with that. No. Cause when you, I didn't even like think about it that way until you like started asking that question. Like as we were like wrapping up the show, like if when she like realized like what was going on, um, Mm -hmm. it definitely like paints it into like a different light, I think. Yeah, and I think we already are now in Wire Men, so let's just continue yeah. with that. Like, I feel like Wire Men ap- applies to Sage too. <laughs> it does, and it and it just goes to show that like the patriarchy isn't just men. Like, it constructs the way that all of us live, and like impacts some people more than others. And there are like definitely women who are super problematic, like Sage. Yeah, people of all genders perpetuate the patriarchy, and it's not cute. Yes. Yeah. (sighs) One other thing that I wanted to bring up in Wiremen this week um, has to, like, do with current events. So it is Mm. currently, like, May 26th. So was it, I don't know, like, the time is blending together in my mind because it's so fucking horrific. But was it yesterday or two days ago that there was the shooting um, at the elementary school in Texas? Two days. Yeah, two days ago. And like, it has just been like so traumatic and upsetting just to like watch the coverage and like understand like how this could happen to children in our country. And the fact that this shithole country has nothing to do to change our gun laws or anything to address this. But the thing watching this episode that was like a little bit triggering I guess to me and like related to that is when we're talking about like 
Alaric like having kind of like an abusive history potentially like with Isabel and like her having like a restraining order against him mm-hmm. and like the fact that he goes on and he's like literally like out there like murdering people and like I understand that there are like supernatural forces at play here that we don't have the backstory but I think it just goes to show that like a lot of the men who are like carrying out these crimes have a history of violence against women Mm -hmm. like whether it's their mother their grandmother like a woman that they're like romantically involved in like that is one of the constant factors like throughout all of these mass shootings and it just is so fucking disturbing and i think that we see it like even in our fiction right um and it's totally glossed over in our fiction like oh Yeah. yeah it makes yeah it was cool they all deserved it yeah And that's what makes it, like, we gloss over it in real life, too. Like, people who are convicted of domestic abuse are let off the hook all the time. And when they have that history, people don't look, like, don't look twice. They're like, okay, yeah, whatever. He was just mad. Yeah. It's, like, normalized in our society when it's actually, like, a huge indicator of, like, further violent crime. Yeah. And as we saw earlier in the season, Alaric has amassed a stockpile of weapons, like so many real yeah. life mass shooters. Like, it's wild. Yeah. Like the thing that was like, I don't know, it just like stood out to me, like with Alaric and his weapons and his like violence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know like we're definitely like not operating on the same scale here at all, no. of course, but it just was like. I don't know. It just left a bad taste in my mouth, I think, because of, like, everything that's been going on this week and how fucking horrific it is. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And that's kind of why we do Why Are Men is, like, well, to rant and complain, but also because art imitates life and life imitates art. And, like, the stuff that we see on these shows is obviously, like, the show is supernatural and it's all, like, heightened and stylized, but... You see so many of the same patterns because this is what our society is like. And this is how it treats violent people. It's how men get to go through life thinking that this is how they're supposed to be as men. Yeah. And I would like to lighten the mood very slightly by sharing that my nephew, who is seven, uh, was at my house last weekend. And uh, I was saying something to my sister, his mom. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned toxic masculinity. And of course, little ears are like, oh, that's a new term I've never heard before. I'm going to repeat it and ask you to explain what it is to me. Yes. And so I did kind of explain it to him like, oh, well, you know, sometimes men think that they're not supposed to have feelings. And so they're really mean to everybody instead of having their feelings, like the simplified version that you tell. That's a, a great age appropriate explanation. Yeah. But then, you know, he, he's seven. He doesn't really. I'm sure he'll process it in time, but he he's like, right. that's just a funny sounding phrase. So I'm going to keep saying it. And I took a video. <laughs> what was that? Oh, no. That's a terrible disease. Oh, no. Oh. It was very cute. That is adorable. The message will sink in. You're right, Levon. Toxic, toxic masculinity is hard to say. Malinity. Malinity. Uh, thank you for sharing that and getting me out of my my hole of toxic masculinity i felt that we needed something yes yes yeah 
Ugh, it is, oh, it's what a time to be alive. I know. I hate it. I feel like there's other stuff about men, but now I can't think about anything else. And I need to go to more fun things. And I realized yes. we forgot to say who you want to high five. Oh, here. How about you go first? Because I got to go first on whatever our other segment was. <laughs> so who do you want to <laughs> high five, Claire? Um, oh, that's a good question. Hmm. I sort of wanted to say Rebecca because, like, even though she was so sad this week, like, she had some moments. But I think instead I'm going to say Caroline. Nice. Because nice. I feel like I don't usually get to say Caroline because you say her first. <laughs> I know. No, that was a good one because that would have been who I chose for this episode. So that is good. Yeah. And like, I didn't like that she was kind of, you know, trying to use her own experience with her dad to pressure Abby. But like, she was also Mm -hmm. right. And she was like being so Caroline this week, so positive and like really trying to make things work and putting people in their place when they were being whack and like telling Elena, Bonnie still doesn't want to talk to you before she found out the Alaric thing. She was, yeah. she was just being herself, and that's always high five worthy. It definitely is. Yeah, like such a good person to have in this whole scenario. So I agree with your decision. That is good. Who else would you like to high five? Hmm. That, now that's a good question. <laughs> I feel like there weren't that many high five worthy people in this episode. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull... I'm going to mix metaphors here and say pull a ball out of left field, but that is not the, uh, Whoa. that is not the term, but That's you know what I'm trying works. to say. Yeah. <laughs> you just pull the ball out, you know? Um, I'm going to say Mayor Carol Lockwood cause she was running shit at the Wickery bridge. Oh um, my God, yes. whatever the fuck event that was, there was like a lemonade to Spencer, all the snacks, like so many people, so much coverage. She's really drumming up support for the bridge. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's her number one responsibility as mayor, apparently, is restoring the bridge. And she's doing a good job of it this week. So, you know what? I never realized until this moment. Meryl, mayor that? Carol Lockwood is the Joan Calamezzo of Mystic Falls. <laughs> She is. Oh my god, that is perfect. That is perfect. <laughs> oh, that is so good. I don't even have anything to elaborate on that. I Presented like, without comment. It stands yes. on its own. <laughs> Definitely perfect. All right, and so final segment. And I know you had something already to say about this. Uh, who should have done it? Okay, so I don't want them to have done it, but I want them to, but they did it and we didn't get to see it. So I choose Rebecca and Sage and I guess Damon too. Like, come on, give us a little bit of something to work with here. Um, They didn't show anything. Like, it's literally like less sex than we've seen other characters like already have on this show. Um, Mm -hmm. It felt like super, I don't know, it felt like, we just bizarre that they wouldn't even show like Rebecca and Sage kissing if they didn't want to like show a three way kiss if it was like too risque for that time period or even like um, standing next to each other or like putting a hand on the other's shoulder like there was yeah. nothing and like all you got was like Sage's like you know watching from the couch which like I understand like that's its own thing like that's fine but they were implying that something more was going to happen they literally said sex sandwich. Yeah. And there was no, there was no sex sandwiches that I saw. No. Um, yeah. And I think you summed it up perfectly when you said footage not found. So, yeah, yeah that really pissed me off. So that's going to be who should have done it. 
All right. Who should have done it in my vision? That's in my line of sight. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Uh, rant over. Uh, how about you, Claire? Who should have done it? I think that Alaric and evil Alaric should have done it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Because they were having that like sexy look in the MRI mirror. <laughs> They were making eyes. Or like evil Alaric and mirrors in general. (laughs) Yes. There was some eye action going on there for sure. (laughs) I love this choice. (laughs) Yeah, I was not into the like actual pairings in this episode, even remotely. So I got to pull a ball out of left field. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) What is the actual phrase? It's just like coming like out car- of left field. Coming like, out, okay. Coming like out of left pulling field, something out yeah. of your ass. I think is yeah. Or, or out of like, thin is air. There, is there cards involved? I don't know what I was thinking of, uh, but that's okay. I, what I thought you were gonna say when you said you were mixing metaphors was pulling a ball out of your ass. <laughs> that would have been better and more entertaining, <laughs> listeners. I'm sorry I let you down on that one. I really wish we could have seen Sage pulling a ball out of Rebecca's ass. Right? That's what I'm trying to say. You That's all me. we're asking for. Is that so <laughs> is that, hard? That, is that too much for cable television in 2012? Jeez Louise. We see people decapitated <laughs> on the show and have their hearts ripped out of their chest all the time. We can't right. see somebody pull a ball out of somebody else's One ass. ball ass? God. <laughs> or a moonstone out of their ass? <laughs> oh, it comes full circle. It always comes back to the moonstone and butts. Yes. <laughs> That's, that's why they call it the moonstone. Like you moon somebody. <laughs> oh my god, I'm dying. It is. It is. It's perfect. Oh, wow. The moonstone. We finally cracked the show. <laughs> Maybe Code this should be our last episode. Yeah. yeah, it's done. It's over. There's nowhere to go but here. Butts. From here. Yeah. Butts. It was about butts. <laughs> it was all a butt. So anyway, uh, yes. that is it for this week's episode. We have still a fair few episodes left in this season, I think. Yeah. But we're getting close. We are. What do you think is going to happen at the end of this season? I have no fucking clue because every episode there's just like something like new and wild. Um, I feel like the last time I made a prediction, I said that something was off, off about Meredith, yeah. which... I still feel like it is, but it is, but the show isn't acknowledging bad acting. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like it's it's like a personal problem, not like a theme of the show. Yeah, Um, I think Alaric will end up being good again and like defeat whatever evil is impacting him. Mm -hmm. um, Just because I don't see that happening with him long term. I know that Jeremy is gonna come back. I enjoyed his vacation or whatever it is. He best damn well bring that dog with him. <laughs> um, what else? What other characters are there? I don't care what happens with Stefan and Elena or Damon and Elena or their <laughs> love triangle. And I have no predictions because as soon as you pick one, then it flip flops. And um, yeah, like and two then, weeks yeah, ago, it's... it seemed like Stefan and Elena would never even be friends again. Right. I know. And now it's all like, then, oh, I'll never give up on you, Stefan. And then, of course, I think that we'll see some original um, fights now that they've got the uh, Wickery Bridge sign, White Oak. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. daggers around. Um, but they have to find the originals first. So that's true. I'm Rebecca's curious. The only, I mean, Rebecca's the only oh, one in town. Right. And they only have to kill one. <laughs> oh, that's true. See, I for, I'm forgetting the rules, too. So, yeah. There's so many rules. Know. And only there some is. of them make sense. <laughs> and they're always changing. What do you like, think? Suddenly you do a spell. I don't know the answer to this. What do you think Esther and Phil are up to right now? Oh, God. I feel like they're like, I don't know, like having like a mother-son like breakfast in Paris or something. I was going to say they've gone to a a monastery and are self-flagellating. That, yeah. Or like getting fitted for hair shirts. Yes. I just feel like, uh, what's that? We were talking about Arrested Development so much. Mother uh, Boy? Mother Boy. <laughs> yeah, I want, yeah, Mother Boy. They've entered a Mother Boy competition. Oh my god, that is that is what it is. What is their costume <laughs> for Mother Boy? Uh, it's definitely like a witch and a wizard or something like supernatural. Oh my god, oh my like god. Got she's like a dressed as staff. a witch and he's dressed as a black cat. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Meow. Oh my god. So good. <laughs> that would actually make Phil slightly likable, so maybe not, but, you know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, with that image in your head, uh, I think we can leave it off there and tell you all about some new reviews that we got before we head into Mystic oh, Follows. yes. So these two reviews are wonderful in very different ways. <laughs> so we got a review from that boy named Toy, <laughs> With the subject, co-hosts are offensive and racist. And I love this review so much because it reads like the hugest endorsement of the show. Like everything he says about us, I'm like, hell yeah, we are. Right. It starts, don't listen to this if you are a straight white man. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm with you. (laughs) Yes, agreed. Don't want to be called evil, racist, sexist, ugly, pasty, and a rapist pretty much every episode. And I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. Did Matt Donovan write this? <laughs> Did Tyler Lockwood write this? But, like, one of these things is not like the other. Do we call people pasty a lot? Maybe we do, and I just don't notice. But I think like... we've definitely called Damon pasty before. <laughs> oh, but they're vampires. Also, I'm pastier than any vampire. And <laughs> yeah, I wear it you're proudly. talking to some pale people over here. <laughs> but I just really enjoy like how personally he's taking this i'm like we aren't talking about you unless you literally are one of these men but yes it made me laugh really hard and i loved it thank you that boy named toy i don't care that you you. dragged down our star average i know i was well i cared a tiny bit but (laughs) it was worth the review yes and then we also got one from spence 1481 and i'm like what happened in 1481 was there a vampire named spence i don't remember this (laughs) But Spence, unfortunately, has COVID, but has been listening to the show and uh, shared this nugget of wisdom at the end of their review. Wear your mask, mozzarella. (laughs) And I just think that somebody should put that on a t-shirt. Definitely. I love that idea. So thank you so much. Wait, have we entered the merch era, Claire? I don't know. I feel like I can think of so many things I want to put on a t-shirt from our show, but I doubt anybody would buy them. (laughs) So if you would spend genuine currency on a t-shirt with one of our like insane catchphrases, please tell us and maybe we'll make them. Yeah, maybe. I just assume nobody would want them except for me. Yeah, well, I would want them. Maybe we could just do like a a custom project. (laughs) I really want a t-shirt with a picture of Sheriff Forbes on it that says looking swole. Yeah, I like that. Um, 
Anyway, wear your mask. I'm very sorry that you have COVID, but I'm glad that we've been able to entertain you, Spence1481. Yes, thank you for that lovely review. It gave us a good chuckle, um, and we're happy we're able to help you get through the COVID times. Mm -hmm. So if you also have any stories to tell us, if you want to write something hilarious because you hate us, if you want to write us something because you love us, we want to hear it all. So you can mystic follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries or find us on Facebook at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. Although full disclosure, I haven't logged into Facebook in a very long time because it's creepy and sort of evil. So I might not see anything you post there. Don't worry. I'm checking the old Facebook. I'm still on there. I can't get away. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, and in addition to our Facebook page, you could also find us on Instagram, where the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. Um, and we also have an email address, which I always forget. So Claire, can you please remind us of our email address? It's the VD diaries at gmail.com. So simple. It's because I named the Instagram handle something super long and ridiculous and dumb. <laughs> we that just assume I everything is complicated. Simple. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, feel free to send us an email with any thoughts, questions, concerns. We'd love to hear from you. We would. And, again, rate us and review us on iTunes, and we'll we'll react in some way and talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> and text each other. Oh, Every yeah. Every time we get a review, it's so nice. Yeah. I love it. We definitely text each other about the reviews and comments and stuff. <laughs> oh, and so many people leave comments on our Instagram now. It makes me feel very good, so thank you all, too. I haven't called you all out by name because I – can only hold so many items of information in my head at one time <laughs> but we read all of it and we love it and messages yes. and stuff too it's so lovely yes and i think that about does it we don't have any other segments do we it's been a while no, since that was recorded. the last that was the last segment all i have to say is he's a ripper <laughs>